Welcome to the People for Olson podcast. In this week's episode, Mark is talking with Town of Salina Supervisor Colleen Gunnup, who's running for Onondaga County Legislature. Well, we're so excited that you were able to join us for the People for Olson podcast, and we know that you're really going to enjoy this conversation between Mark and Colleen. Make sure that you're subscribed to the People for Olson podcast, whatever platform that you're listening to this episode on. That way you'll be up to date the moment a new episode is released. And remember to follow us online at peopleforolson.com where you can stay up to date on all things happening with the campaign as we get closer and closer to this November. Without further ado, here's this week's conversation between Mark and Colleen. Well, welcome, Colleen. Uh, I really want to say thank you for coming on to the People for Olson podcast. You are running for county legislator in the 4th District, and you're presently the um, town supervisor of Salina. Thank you so much for being on the show. You're welcome. So tell me a little bit about yourself for our listeners. And one of the big things on the People for Olson podcast is to, to you know, get people to connect the dots and, and learn about us as people, learn about our positions, why we got lo- involved in local government, and really kind of make people realize that it's not political, it's about service, and it's about getting things done. So so what started your political career in the town of Salina? Um, well, I started working for the town of Salina uh, right out of high school. Uh, I spent six years in the comptroller's office with all of the financial information, and uh, it really, you know, sparked my interest to continue my career path in the town. I uh, then I spent 12 years as the town clerk. Uh, would, as you know, the town clerk and the village clerk are probably the most vital uh, person in town and village government. They um, are basically take the minutes from the board meetings. They uh, advertise for, you know, special meetings, bids, everything that is going on in a town and a village, the town clerk is involved in. And after being a town clerk for 12 years, I just um, felt like I had some information and I had a lot of good ideas that I thought could help our community and our government be more efficient, um, you know, be safer, be a better place to raise a family and uh, live in. So that's when I decided to get involved. Uh, After being town clerk, I went and I uh, spent 14 years working for Onondaga County. And um, after a couple of years at Onondaga County, I there was an open seat on the town board, and I ran for the first ward council person, which I was in that position for uh, 12 years prior to becoming the supervisor for the town of Salina. But I learned an awful lot working for Onondaga County uh, for 14 years. I um, worked for economic development. I worked for the legislature. I worked for County Executive Nick Pirro. I ended my career working for Onondaga County Department of Transportation and the Department of Social Services, two of the biggest departments for Onondaga County. And I was the personnel administrator. So I dealt a lot with our, you know, one of the best uh, capital that a town, a village or a county could have is our human capital. And uh, I dealt a lot with that. And uh, again, it just made me um, more involved thought of more ideas to wait ways to make things more efficient 
It's interesting that I didn't know that you had all that. I mean, I remember Mark Nicotra and I served on the Consensus Commission together. And then when Mark said he was leaving, you know, the, the town of Salina to go work for the county and that you were coming in, I never knew you had that breadth of, you know, background and you had done yeah. all those things. To me, that's, you know, it's weird you say that you started at a young age. I worked uh, summers at our faithful DPW uh, on the back of a garbage truck. And now my son's friends are working there. And, and every year we, you know, four or five kids. And to me, I, parents come up to me and say, it's the greatest education you could ever give our kids about local government and what it means to work every day, helping people. And, you know, you're right about the clerk's office. We had Allison Weber on from the town of Manly's clerk's office. And even I was, didn't know all the things that the town clerk did versus the village clerk, my village clerk, I'm on the phone with her five times a day. You know, there's, there isn't anything that I, I do without, you know, one, wh what can we do? What should we do? What are your thoughts? Uh, what did we do in the past? And, and it's just a great sounding board. And what other things, you know, so when you, when you ran for town supervisor, did anybody run against you or were you just took over for Mark and then you ran again and filled the no, rest I, of his? I filled Mark's vacancy. So I was in for a year, then I ran and, um, I was on a post. So that term will end at the end of this year. Okay. And instead of running, because I've retired. I, I've retired pretty much from my, uh, I had over 35 years when I retired <laughs> in 2017. I was adding so, up the years and I'm like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've been involved a long time in a lot of different roles. Yep. But so I, now, so you're taking over, or you're running for a seat that, uh, is it Judy Tassone who's retiring? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Judy Tassone is retiring at the end of the year, and I've worked hand-in-hand uh, -hand with Judy Tassone, as well as Deb Cody, that is the 5th uh, District Legislator, uh, for the last uh, 10 years. And uh, so, again, I've got, I'm familiar with the issues. Working for Onondaga County, I'm familiar with the issues. Um, you know, I, I went over and presented the budgets to the legislature when I worked for the Department of Transportation and the Department of Social Services. So I am, ha, have a really good understanding of the county's budget, which I think is going to give me a running start uh, if I'm happy to be elected to this position. Um, so I think all the experience that I have between the town and the county is really going to help um, with me help with this position. Yeah. I've said that too, because you and I are very fortunate and, you know, Kevin Holmquist is retiring and every time I pick up the phone or every time something happens, he calls me and says, this is what we've done. This is what we've done in the past. Uh, here's what you should look for. Here's some questions to ask, or what are you thinking? And, and I run it through him and it's kind of nice having that sounding board to be able to go through like you have with Judy. Um, and to me, that's what's so important because you can't get this job wrong when you day one, you, you know, we're still going to be in this pandemic. We're still going to be dealing with a lot of issues and we've got to be able to react and hit the yeah. ground running. And it's so important to have people that have one relationships to have the experience of working in local government because you've been in some of those meetings I've been in. It's yep. we're talking about real issues, the OCC, right. the zoo, the department of transportation, the health department, social services, the sheriff's department. These are real tangible issues that affect our residents on a day-to-day -day basis that aren't political. They're yep. service issues. So yeah, I think that's really important. That's a good point that I'm glad we talked about that because <clears throat> to me, one of the things I'm stressing is, you know, 
we have a different job, we have a different role, but we're human beings and you need to sit in our seat as a supervisor, as a legislator, as a mayor, and see why we make the decisions that we make and how we make those decisions. And we need to look at their shoes and sit in their shoes and see how they make their decisions. But if we communicate and we look at each other's values and, and decision-making process, usually good things will happen. Right, right. So what? Uh, tell us a little I, bit about yourself personally. Um, so personally, I am a, um, a single. I'm divorced, and I have one son. And I just became a grandmother this year. <laughs> Congratulations. To a little girl. So uh, that, it's interesting. I hope to spend uh, more time with her and once I move into this role. So uh, uh, I'm looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, uh, personally, awesome. I'm involved in my community. I spend a lot of time. Um, uh, Liverpool is the place which an organization. It's a non-for-profit. It's part of the Liverpool Chamber of Commerce. And we put on concerts in Johnson Park, which is located right in the downtown Liverpool. Um, uh, obviously, because of the pandemic last year, we weren't able to. We usually do 22 concerts a year. This year, we were able to do four. So it was nice to be able to have some of it. Um, but I'm um, an active member where we go. I go to the park and we sell refreshments and uh, enjoy the music and uh, make friends with a lot of the residents. The seniors love to come down to the park and listen to the music. So it's a really good way uh, to give back to the community. Those quality um, of life issues are so important. Oh, and absolutely. we noticed with the Syracuse Symphony, we do it every year and we didn't do it last year. We did it this year. We had the best crowd we've ever had. And I think people are realizing how important those things are, whether it's the, a concert in the park or it's a sidewalk or a park or, you know, anything that the community does to get people together and, and focus and showcase all those things. Um, to me, it's been a, that's one of the positive notes of COVID. People realize how special those are and now they're coming out and, and they're enjoying it and they're seeing, you know, and they're yeah. supporting those things. So. Right. Yep. No, you, you need that balance. So. I mean, I've always, it's, you know, it's what I can give to the community. That's why I do this. It's not, um, I don't want to consider myself a politician. I consider myself a community servant that yeah. I'm here to make our community better. Yeah. Anthony, who's sitting next to me listening to this is saying, I, I have been stressing that every time. To me, it's about service. To me, and I've said it before and I'll say it again. Uh, I'll do it. Don't pay me. I'll still be the mayor. I do it because yep. I I love my community. I love helping. And I want to be part of not one of those people that sits on the sideline and complains, but I want to be in there doing it, helping and making a positive impact on our community. And to me, we need to do, we need that at all levels, county, town and village. It shouldn't be political. It should be, it's about service. Right. It's about making sure that, you know, our people have the necessary services and they can feel comfortable. We've had a very busy week locally with the new governor. What are your thoughts about the new governor? I'm looking forward to hearing what she has to offer. Um, I think it, it it's an opportunity for New York to have the first woman uh, female governor. So I'm looking forward to it. I've already reached out to her um, as part of the I-81 um, impacts I contacted her to ask her to come and visit Salina and see what our concerns are firsthand with uh, the impact of 
if the community grid option is the only option that is selected and that we um, no longer have high-speed transportation uh, into our town. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that she will, um, you know, take up my offer to come and visit us and take a harder look at this uh, and make sure that we're not making a, the same mistake we made 50 years ago. Yeah, that's a good point. And we're going to get to 81. I, I have a little Kathy Hochul's or Governor Hochul story. It was at NICOM recently for a conference and she spoke and she got done and she left and I thought she was gone. And then our, we had a dinner after and I just didn't feel like staying. So I went and, and, and there was a beautiful deck looking over the water and I sat down and I hear this mayor come on over and it was her and her staff and they were sitting on the deck and got to sit with her and talk to her and talked about the Erie Canal and talked about Syracuse University and talked about upstate New York. And, and she said, listen, send my staff a note. And if I'm in the area, I would love to stop by. And so far, every indication through our New York Conference of Mayors and what I've known and experienced with her, I think this is going to be a breath of fresh air. And, you know, you know, at our level of town supervisors and mayors, it's about getting stuff done and who's going to help us do that stuff. The relationships and the results are what's important to our residents. And right. that's where I'm very excited to, to, to work with her and to make sure that we don't step back, but we step forward when it comes to AIM funding and it comes to CHIPS funding and it comes to all these state mandates that, you know, don't make sense right. and we have to live with them. And and right. to me, that's one of the big things, you know, the experience that we bring to the county ledge, I think is going to help in that perspective. Because uh, will you be the only town supervisor on the, that was a former town supervisor on the county ledge? No, get, because get Jim, Raleigh, Jim Raleigh used oh, to be yeah, a did. town supervisor. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So 81, you spoke and I spoke at the, at the, at the hearing that was at the on center. What were your thoughts of the event? Um, I, I don't know. I guess I was a little disappointed that there weren't more people there. Um, in my area, people keep telling me it's a done deal. They've given up, which is unfortunate, you know, that it's dragging so long that people have given up, um, you know, I was uh, disappointed to um, that they haven't considered extending the comment period with 28,000 pages of documentation to review. Uh, it's that's a little bit difficult to try to get through, and that it would be nice if they did extend the comment period, especially with the new governor coming in. It'd be nice. It'd be nice yeah. to know how much she knows about what the proposal is. Um, I'm a, it was nice to hear the other side of the story when the attorney, um, spoke and kind of criticized what we're trying to do. And I completely understand what they're going through and, but I don't want to make something wrong again. Right. Yeah. That was the thing that I, I tried to stress too, was, you know, yes, we can look back and say, wish we didn't do it that way. But we also don't want you to do it the wrong way, and then you're too. It the you know it's too far down the road for a lack of a better term, and right. the the ramifications and the effects of that are going to be for generations, yeah. and modifying and trying to change it after you've spent all that money is going to be very difficult. Um, right. And I just wish you're right. I wish that they would. Again, I made the comment. You know, they've had zero dialogue with the mayors and the and the town supervisors since our one meeting that we had over two years ago. 
And we're the ones that are directly affected on the daily besides the city. And the the city absolutely has the most to gain or lose from this project. But -hmm. the outlying suburban communities are affected. And whether it's, you know, I was driving down Route 20 today um, and I looked and thought about all those businesses that are just, they're closed because the thruway is open now and people go down the thruway and, and, and they've, you know, abandoned not abandoned Route 20, but, you know, it's not traveled as much as it used to be when it was used for the thruway to get through Albany and Syracuse. And I right. think about, God, I hope they don't, this doesn't happen to all the communities around 81, right. you know, because right. to me, we've got to listen. We've got to communicate. We've got to get people to realize it, it's hard. I, it, it, you know, I've, a lot of mayors aren't. They're like, Mark, the, it's already done. You're not going to get the, the governor or the state to change their mind, so we're not going to get upset and try to change something that they've already made their mind up on. That, to me, is a, is we, we can't do that. We've still got to let them know what the problems are and what we see, because we live those on a daily basis, and you've lived it more than anyone. Right. I can't give up until it's definitely done and over. Anything that I can do to continue to uh, keep voicing the concerns of the residents I have to keep doing. So how many people live in, in the town of Salina? We're a little under 32,000. Oh, so you're, you're, you're very close to the size of the town of Manlius, I think. And you're, so you're the fourth or fifth largest town in Onondaga County. Yes. Okay. Yep. And then how many employees and what's the annual budget in the town of Salina? Uh, we have just a little, little over, um, I'd say 90 employees. Our highway garage has about 24. Here at the town hall, we probably have about 24, 20, maybe 30. And then in the the summer, we bring in a seasonal staff to maintain parks. And we have four swimming pools, so we hire an awful lot of lifeguards. Um, So... And as far as the total operating budget, hold on a minute. (laughs) Did you see that story today? Green Lakes is closed because of a lack of, and I was like, oh God, you know, the mayor of East Syracuse was on the podcast and he talked about the pool. And then I saw him at an event a couple of weeks ago and I said, how'd it go? And he goes, how'd it go? And he goes, other than I sympathize with the city of Syracuse with the chlorine issue, we were fortunate we had enough, but boy, it got, it got close. And, And he said, labor was tough. And, that's a lot to, I think a, a, people love it, but if they saw the behind the scenes with the lifeguards and the maintenance and the cost and what you guys have to go through, it's, it's, it's a big, yeah. big process to put together. Right. Right. Yep. No, exactly. We had one pool that we couldn't open this year because um, the pump went down and they could, by the time they fixed the pump, it would, it's the season's already over. So we didn't, we weren't able to open up that. Cool. So, but we still, we struggled getting enough lifeguards, but we did okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do training so that we make sure that they're all certified and everything. But um, we, we did okay. And, but we closed our pools on the 15th. Is that, so, is that normal time of year for yeah, you guys? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just again, because the lifeguards, most of them are college students and they got to go back to school. So. It's got to be a pretty good job for the summer, you know, to yeah, be yeah. doing that yeah. and, you know. Right. No, yeah, absolutely. So our town budget is uh, a little over $12 million. That's our general fund part town and highway. We have the Village of Liverpool uh, in the town of Salina also. So uh, uh, we've been able to, and as, as supervisor, my last two years, I've been able to cut the uh, ta- property taxes down. 
Um, we have been able to uh, be a little bit more efficient techno- using technology. Um, yeah. We've had some people that have retired and through attrition, we've not been, we haven't filled the positions. We found other ways of doing, getting the services done without having to uh, fill the positions. So it's, it's um, weird because that's the one thing that I'm excited about with the budget process in the County to look at and to have yeah. those questions because you and I have had to deal with those issues, you know, less with more, you know, or, or more with less, you know, and did you see the controller today came out, Thomas DiNapoli, with the um, pension rates for 2023? No. So oh, they're going no, down. No. So the pension to be, uh, you know, as well as I do, it's 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 probably 10% yep. of our budgets. And yep. it's a state mandate. And it's a great program, but it's a very expensive program. So the rates, the pension fund right now for the state of New York is funded at 99.3%. Right. So it's amazing. But they had results last year, I think, of... of 20% growth in their uh, investment portfolio. So next year's 2023 rates. So we pay at the end of 22 for 20, we pay 23 for 22. So we're a year behind and they're going to go down five or 6% for the uh, non police and fire. And then for police and fire, I think it's going down one and a half to 2%, something like that. But that's mm-hmm. still a, a, a nice, you know, chunk. The other thing that we found out just recently was that the Tompkins County has an insurance consortium, and we have Oceba, uh, or we're on our own. And I don't know what the town does, but they we got caught up in the the de- Department of Finance hadn't approved Tompkins County's uh, eligibility to go to other communities or other to- towns and villages outside of Tompkins County. They had been approved by the state, but the de- Department of Finance had to say yes, and they didn't say yes, and they hadn't said yes, and they were dragging their feet for close to ten months. Um, we were able to get a hold of a few senators and assemblymen to push that along, and they've uh, we got word that they approved it, and that's going to be hopefully a ten to fifteen percent savings on our health insurance cost at the no. same exact Blue Cross Blue Shield, and no, no changes in the benefits or the the values uh, of what the employee gets, but at a better cost because there's more people in, in the process or more people yeah. using the insurance. So to me, those are things that I'm looking forward to trying to say to the county, hey, have you looked at this? Have you looked at this? Have you thought yeah. about this? Right. Uh, we did this at the village and, and it worked. Um, have you thought about that? Are there any other ideas that you've thought about that you want to bring as a county legislator? Well, um, again, being working for the county and working in the personnel field, I, I know, again, our employees, I think, are our most important asset. So I kind of agree. I, there's efficiencies that I'd like to see uh, to work in with the different departments on that. Uh, the budget, again, I'd like to look at that and see if there's savings. But also, I don't want to try to cut things where safety is an issue, um, equipment outdated and, you know, things like that. You can't, you got to make, make a real good decision to make sure that you're not, um, cutting too much. Yeah. You know what I'm? Yeah. Did you see, did, I don't know if you saw in the paper where the city approved $23 million, uh, of the, the American rescue plan monies. And one of them was the uh, fire department wants to build a high rise training tower. So the budget was a million dollars. In the last two years since they delayed it, it's gone to $2 million because the cost of goods have gone up. And that has always been my experience on every, whether it's a fire truck or an ambulance or a TPW truck or a building project. It's never going, it hasn't gone down. It's not going to go down. 
Uh, I used the village hall as my example. When we, 1995, we wanted to do it and it was a million dollars. And at the time the board said, nope, that's too much money. And they scrapped it. The exact same plan we we approved in 2004 was $2 million. Yeah. Double the exact same plan. So it, and, and I see what the city fire is going through right now, that, that planned the cost of goods and the inflation rate and getting materials and getting contractors and getting this stuff done is really hard. And I've seen that with police cars and ambulances and we're trying to be proactive, but downsize our fleet, but also have a better fleet, you know, so it's the trucks do more. They're, they're not only just plowing or, or hauling, stuff they're doing other things in the parks or they're doing brush pickup or they're doing plowing or they're doing parks work. Uh, you know, so is there other things that you thought about that the County can do? Yeah. Well, the other thing that I'm interested in working on is the, um, County taking over the sanitary sewer system. Uh, the town of Salina has, our sewer system is very dated. Um, so I, we have not had any discussions yet with the County, I think we'll probably be the last ones, but I'm, you know, continuing interested in, in working on that. One of the things that, um, you know, with our older sewers property, when they built houses, they put these foundation drains in and these foundation drains um, drain the, the water that comes down around the foundation of the house. And they are connected directly into the sanitary sewer system. And what that means is that we are putting clean water into our sanitary sewer system and it, it's getting getting to the metro and all of these main sewer treatment plants and we're re- basically spending money cleaning good water, yeah, uh, clean water. So I would like to continue to work on that. We presented a pilot program to Onondaga County, WEP, last year right before COVID and um, we haven't been able to do anything more with it. God, I wish you were here right now. You'd see me nodding because Fayetteville was the first community. Uh, Fayetteville, Manlius and the town of Manlius were the first ones to, to do that lease agreement with WEP. Yeah. And we were, we were great program, great idea, great concept, very well executed by uh, WEP and Shannon and everybody at WEP. But we yeah. were a little bit leery because, you know, when your sewer backs up or something happens, you know, we have people on call and they go right away. And within an hour, they're at your house and we're doing what we do. Yep. Uh, WEP has done an amazing job. They really have. They've reacted quickly. They yep. have treated the the resident very well. We still go on the call just to make sure if it's something very simple we can take care of. Uh, but I will tell you, and, and that's the other thing that I think you, you talk about, knowing what the problems are and trying to figure out how to connect those dots. So you know what the problem is in Salina, you know what to do with, or you know the contacts at WEP, so you can put those people together and you can work on that project and help the new incoming supervisor of the town of Salina also help WEP, help the county ledge understand what the issue is. Those relationships and those results are so important to getting things done because, again, it goes back to that. It's about service. It's about making sure that the toilet flushes, the water runs, right. the pl- the roads are plowed, the parks are open, mm-hmm. that OCC is fully open and staffed and funded, and the zoo is working, and you know our social services are working. To me, it's you have such a great. I'm I'm excited to listen to all the things you know about county government because, to me, that's what what is important for people in Salina are going to be served very well because you have such a great background in. Onondaga County government where I go in knowing a lot of players and knowing a lot about the county government and having more years of being a mayor. But, you know, I've got a lot to learn about who does what and how they do it. And 
you know, right. how it gets done and where you have that being in the DOT. I was very, Marty Voss was on from the DOT and I was very impressed with, you know, you think about, oh, they just plow the roads or they just dig ditches, but there's so much more to it on a oh, technical yeah. side and a budget side. Yeah. And, you know, we had that flooding. Did you guys get affected by all the rain? We had a little bit, but not that bad. Yeah. Not that bad at all. And that was the, I don't know if you got the same email I got where uh, emergency yeah. management sent out and give us an assessment of your damage. What do you need? You know, what resources can we bring? And then after a week later, we get another email. Okay. We'll give us, do you have expenses? Did you have anything, any road damage? And to me, that's those things that people don't know about that I think is important that they realize that that is your county government in the emergency management office, in the Department of Transportation office, in the county executive's office, and everybody's working together to serve the right. public, to serve the needs. And, you know, we were fortunate. We It all went up, and by 5 o'clock in the morning, my phone was ringing, and it was there. And by 10, 11, it started to recede. And by the end of the day, by maybe 1, 32 o'clock, it was gone for, yeah. for the most part, and no damage. We were very fortunate. But yeah. that, uh, I, I think I saw somewhere Liverpool got seven inches of rain. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's that's an incredible yep. amount of rain in a short amount of time. And Well, that's the thing is our infrastructure is important to me. I've always been an advocate to can, to pave as much road as we can, um, you know, to fix the sewers, to, to do in advance of them breaking, um, to make sure that the drainage works. Like you said, people in our towns and villages, they want to flush the toilet and have it go somewhere. They want their trash picked up. They want to drive on the roads. They want their roads plowed. Um, you know, that's what they want. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of people don't understand what county government can do. Um, I'm constantly referring people that call here to county government because it's, um, you know, whether it's the Department of Aging with being able to provide meals to people that are in need or, um services to people that need to get to their doctor's appointments or how to get temporary assistance, how to get daycare when you're trying to work uh, and uh, you have uh, you don't have enough money to pay uh, the babysitter, but you need to get get out of work. You know, those types of services that I, I they're great services, but I don't think enough people know about them. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And, and that's that gets back to that. You know, I think we really need to try to connect the dots and, you know, realize that, you know, that's what we're trying to do is help the 32,000 in your district or 28,000 in the 10th district to be able to bring those resources to the people and say, okay, here's who you call or here's what happens and uh, I'll follow up with you or we can help you get you to the right people. But to me that, yeah, you're right. I don't think, I think when you read the paper or you listen to the news or you see stuff and you hear about it on social media, they don't tell you all the good things that the county government, town government, village governments do, um, we only hear about the bad things. And to me, that's one of the reasons I'm doing this show is to educate people and to give them the other side of the story, which is, you know, look at all the things that you're thinking about. You know, that morning of the storm, it's not just where's all this water going. It's where am I going to put these people if we've got to pull them out? Uh, what is, are my crews staffed and ready to go? Uh, is the DPW staffed and ready to go? Um, is the police department staffed and ready to go? Do we have to close roads? Do we have to get the bus garages involved? Do we have to get emergency management involved? Do we need Red Cross? These things are just going through our heads yep. on a daily basis as a supervisor and a mayor, but those are important you know, history or experiences to have to be able to say to our residents, 
we want to take it to the next level and help the county government and bring these ideas or thoughts or processes or, you know, right. functions to county government to make sure they do a great job. Um, but sometimes I think, you know, I, uh, I was listening to one of the uh, meetings and they were talking about chips funding and somebody didn't know what chips stood for. And I'm like, Oh my God, consolidate highway improvement program. That's the yeah. state's, you know, and then we, they were talking about uh, a program with, uh, the, the comprehensive plan for the county. And, and I was like, oh my, you know, you sit there and say, oh my God, the, the people need to realize that there's so much nuance and so many things that are important. It's a job that really needs to be done right every time yeah. you do it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What other ideas do you have that you're thinking about? Well, one of the things I have to mention is that this, my district takes in uh, Lakeland, which is over in the town of Gaddis. So I look forward to working with that town of Gaddis and trying to learn more about any issues that they might have. Um, I plan on getting out and doing door to door over in the town of Gaddis. Uh, I've had a, a, a little bit of an opportunity to meet some people on the town board, but uh, I'm I, concerned that they have. Uh, I want to make sure I address you know, what's harder to run for a uh, county legislature or, um, town of Salina? I gotta, uh, I gotta throw you some hard questions here. Everybody says to uh, me, Mark, these, uh, you know. I don't know. Cause this is my first time running for county legislator. Yeah, right. We, when we go out, we go as a team. So, and I'll tell you the people love it. We go out with the county legislator, the town supervisor and the first ward counselor. So I'm telling you, the people love to have three people at their door <laughs> that can answer their questions at any level of government. Yeah. So in the village, you go by yourself. And some villages run as teams, but most, you know, you're out there by yourself and you're knocking on doors. And you're there in January, February, and March, you know, in the snow. And I always tell people, they say, well, why don't you move it to November? And, we, and I've said it before, if the board wants to, we can. But if you really you're doing it for the right reason. If you're out there in January, February and March in the snow, knocking on people's doors. And, and to me, that's what it's about. It's for doing it for the right reason. And I've said before, we could fix Congress, uh, in the Senate and the, and and the Congress, pay them a very part-time salary, give them room and board and stop this madness of having to raise all this money for these campaigns. And, you know, they're, they're, they just spend all their days raising money to get reelected. Uh, right. When it's about service, it shouldn't be about, you know, how, how much money you can raise and how well you do in the polls and this and that. It should be about, you know, what can you do to help your constituents? And, and you know, I know I differ from a lot of people and, and I'm very, uh, during consensus, they looked at me and said, Mark, that's a great idea, but it's never going to happen. To me, I think it can happen if you get the right people on the legislature and in right. these villages and in these towns that do it for the right reasons, because they, they truly do love their community and they want to see it prosper. Right. And they were talking about doing away with the towns and the villages. And we're like, you know, we're the bottom level. Yeah. Yeah. People come, you know. And and they did. They did surveys. I remember when Mark and I looked at the surveys that they had hired a firm, and I can't remember the name of the firm, and they did surveys. And the villages and the towns scored the highest of any level of government for trust, for getting things done. Uh, for being in, you know, coming up with new initiatives and, and all those things. To me, the, 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 the data really, it solidified our position that, hey, listen, this is the closest form of government, whether it's the town, the village, you know. And to me, 
the county after learning what I've learned through all the department heads and, and having everybody on. And there's so much that the county does that people don't know about. And right. to me, that's so, we've got to get that out there and we've got to figure out a way to let people know that this county is every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, working towards bettering our community, whether it's the city or the suburbs, you know, towns or villages, you know, or yeah. OCC or the zoo, they are working and working and working and working, trying to make it better for all of us. Right. Right. No, I agree. What's, uh, what's your favorite part of being the town of Salina supervisor? Uh, I think it's probably just dealing with the people. Um, you know, um, we have our meetings now uh, so that they're YouTube so that people can see them. We don't get an awful lot of attendance at our meetings. I wish more people would get involved, but uh, so we did do uh, YouTube so that people see the actions that are, people are taking at the town board meetings. But, um, you know, I, I love working on the budget. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I started at the comptroller's office, so I, I, I love the numbers part of it. The, uh, with COVID going on, the technology was a big issue with, how can we provide services to the people without having to become building? So we're working on updating our website. We're working on um, an online user portal so that we can uh, collect people's emails. Then they can go on and get the services that they need without having to come in the building, yeah. uh, paying fees and getting permits online. Um, that That's big, important to us, you know. How did you guys do with the American Rescue uh, plan? Did you guys do well financially? We got three point two million. In- <laughs> I'm sorry if you were here right now, you'd see my face and go. So the, we got four hundred and six thousand dollars, I think it was, and yeah. so two hundred this year and two hundred, and then we got another email today saying you're getting more money, and I was like, oh wow, maybe they made a mistake, and it was, I think it was sixteen hundred dollars, so eight hundred dollars more. This we're getting a check sure. for eight hundred and a check for eight hundred next year. So. Do you guys have big plans for that? It's very difficult to make plans for that because the criteria continues to not be nailed down. And I'm a little nervous about spending that money and having them come back and say, nope, that's not approved. And uh, you're going to have to pay that out of the town's pocket. Yeah. Um, so I'm a little nervous about that. And, and one of the things that is a pr- sure slam dunk way to spend it is our sewers and uh, which I have no problem. But again, if the county's taking it over, should we be investing that money in our sewers? I say yes, because in me, it's you either pay it in your town tax or you pay it in your county tax. Right. Um, I've always so taken that approach of being proactive, not reactive. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Cause it's going to, they're going to leak. Board. And if they're leaking and they're costing more, I mean, you gotta, we slipped lined. Yep. hundreds and hundreds of feet before the county took over because there was grants out there. And, and to me, that have you seen that process, that slip lining process? Absolutely. We've done a lot of that. Yeah, it's a, it, it really does work. We've got uh, lines running under the throughway that are very old. And that's something that I very feel very strongly that we should do. God mm-hmm. forbid anything ever happened to that. And we had to close down the throughway the cost to the taxpayers would be phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, why not be proactive and do that? So yeah. we're looking into getting prices on that, yeah. but uh, we'll see. I got other board members that feel as if it should go back to the businesses and the 
residents that had hardship during COVID, which I don't agree or I agree with, but it's very, it's going to be a very complicated uh, program to administer. Yeah. You can't hand that money out. You've got to make sure that there's a process and uh, the people that really needed it get, get that. Yeah. We're fortunate and unfortunate where we, you know, we have about $200,000. And if you look at our court revenues and you look at our a cost associated with all the PPP and all the overtime and all the other things that we had to do. And then you look at the uh, ambulance revenues because there was less calls and overtime for firefighters because the volunteers didn't want to, the first 200 is pretty much taken care of in those. The next 200 is where we have to kind of put a program together and figure out what we want to do. It's one of those, you know, we budget for things and then we put money aside and, you know, needs versus wants. Right, right. You know, so this is going to be a want, not a need. Uh, so we have to figure okay. out exactly what that want is to help our, de- you know, some of our departments out or some things that we just wouldn't have time to do. So, yeah, yeah. We, our biggest impact was the courts shutting down. Um, they were not were able to work for a long time. And the fees that we normally collect to offset, um, which it doesn't offset, but no. expenses that we have for the two courts. Um, were a lot less than what we would normally collect. I think people would be shocked if they knew that about, and I don't know if it's the same for you, but about 50% of our revenue in the court goes back to the state. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, people. it's absolutely amazing that they literally just right off the top of the head. And then zero support, you know, other than, the, you know, uh, the judge has, you know, his uh, magistrate that he goes to and if they have questions or they need yeah. help or something. But the state takes right. the state for nothing. Other than that, it's a money. It's a it's another unfunded, you know, mandate from them that they can take that money. Exactly. So tell yeah, us something that yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Salina is one of the busiest courts in Onondaga County. Yeah, I saw. I remember that when they reported all the revenues, and yeah. I thought, well, there's got to be a lot to that because you guys are, you know, you have such the throughway, and then you have, yeah. you know, the parkway, and then there's all right. the other roads that are in the town of Salina that you know. What's your thoughts on the? I know. Um, it's not in your jurisdiction, but it's right next to your jurisdiction. The new uh, where the warehouse, the Amazon warehouse. Um, so it's right on the edge of the town in of Salina and town of Clay. So there's a lot of residents that had concerns. We haven't seen any truck traffic as of yet. I'm assuming it's going to be starting up pretty soon. So I feel bad for the people that are right within, and it's not just commercial, it's a house's residential area in the village of Liverpool. I know uh, Mayor White has expressed his concerns yeah. about the increase in traffic. I, I mean, I'm happy to see something like that come to this area. I think that it's going to be um, wonderful to uh, start up our economy again, because I think other businesses are going to come here because of that. Mm-hmm. But I just worry about the impacts. Yeah. It's we'll see. Yeah. It's like build it and they will come, but then deal with what happens. We had that with the, the on a much smaller scale, but the YMCA came into and we'd never had a YMCA in, in the yeah. town of Manlius. And it was right on the edge of the village. So we went from nothing to 18,000 members and, and traffic just blossomed. Uh, for right. a lack of a better term, and it took a little bit to get used to, uh, but now it's found its level, and everybody's used to it, and it's and it's an asset. But it is going to be some growing pains and take some time. But you're right; it you know, 
our economy needs to improve and, and economic development is an important asset that the county does do. And to me, I, that's the other thing I'm looking forward to with my background in business. And I, I think it's good to have people that have that background to be able to look at these projects and say, okay, will this have uh, the benefit? Will this bring, you know, jobs? Will this help the local communities? Will this help, you know, the economy? Will this help the schools? You know, all these things got to be answered to, to make it, a viable project. And to me, I'm looking forward to looking at all those assets and all those things in the county that are brought by these economic projects. So tell us one thing that we don't know about you. Cody, he had a great one. He was, I didn't know he was a Green Bay Packer fan of all the, (laughs) of all the the things I didn't think he would say that was one of them. Mm, God, I don't know. What would people know, not know about me? Oh, I like uh, hockey. I was, I'm a big crunch fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. God, yeah, people yeah. love. I have a buddy on the fire department. He goes to all the games, and then I had a guy that I worked with. Him and his wife go to all the, and they miss yeah, it. Yeah. They they missed it. They love hockey. It's yes. Oh, I know. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Working down, it was nice to be able to go to a lot of the games right next door at the War Memorial. So mm, good. But. Yeah. Well, Colleen, I want to say thank you. I know you have a meeting to go to, and I just want to say thank you so much uh, for being on the People for Olson podcast, and I appreciate your time and look forward to working with you and, and representing your communities and, and appreciate the work that you do. Um, you know, I've been talking about COVID and how vital our roles are as mayors and supervisors, and I want to say thank you uh, for all your work and the COVID because I know you haven't had a lot of time off and neither have I. Uh, but we love what we do. And so thank you so much for all your effort and your work on behalf of all the residents of Tanis Lina. And thank you for being on the People for Olson podcast. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you all. And uh, please go to your favorite podcast platform and, and, and subscribe to the People for Olson podcast. And thank you very much. everybody thank you again for listening to the people for Wilson podcast and one more time make sure that you're following us online at peopleforwilson.com where you can get involved see events that are happening and see photos from previous events and also make a donation november is coming up soon and we'd love to have your support well we're going to catch you next week right here on the people for Wilson podcast